I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're on a series taking a journey through the book of Revelation. And today we're going to look at the opening of the seven seals in Revelation chapter 6. Last time we saw that the action in heaven in Revelation 5 is the key to understanding the rest really, most of the rest of the book of Revelation, especially chapters 6 to 18, uh, which describe the day of the Lord and the judgments of the day of the Lord or the tribulation. What happens in Revelation 5 initiates the tribulation and it provides the basis of for all the tribulation judgments, as I say in Revelation 6 onwards. The center of attention again in Revelation 5 is the Lamb and who is also the lion, and the scroll with seven seals. And the opening of this book, this scroll, is an act of tremendous significance because it's the title deed of the earth. And this title deed represents the fact that Christ has the right to possess the earth by force based on the fact that he has redeemed the earth, as well as us, by his blood. And so because he's redeemed the earth by his blood, he now holds the title deed of the earth. He has the right to repossess and rule over the earth. And so because he was the lamb who shed his blood, he is now has the right to rule as the lion. Revelation 5 establishes that fact that the lamb is worthy to open the book and rule the earth as the lion, the king of kings. You see, everything Christ does is legal and righteous. And so before he acts, he must establish his right to act. Each time, therefore, he opens or breaks a different seal in Revelation 6 and reads the relevant portion of the book, that establishes his authority over a different realm of the world system. And then his judgment is released upon that realm. And that's how the seals work. So Revelation 5 gives the basis for all the tribulation judgments. And in Revelation 6, we will see that the judgments of the tribulation are initiated from heaven by the Lamb as he breaks the seals. That's why a better name for the tribulation is the day of the Lord. The time when the Lord directly intervenes in judgment. Now, some teach that the wrath of God only begins near the end of the tribulation, but Christ breaks the seals at the start of the tribulation. Uh, That's Revelation 6, initiating all those judgments on the earth. So the whole tribulation is the time of wrath. And what bridegroom king would leave his bride in the enemy's realm as he's about to bombard it with judgment? If it's his power to save his bride and deliver her her from that scene of judgment. And that's why I believe the rapture will be before the day of the Lord, because he comes to save us from this time of wrath. Romans 9 says that now we've been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Thessalonians says we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And Thessalonians also says, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the rapture, through our Lord Jesus Christ. From the way Revelation is written, it's clear that what's released on the earth in the tribulation is initiated from heaven. For as each seal is opened, and as each trumpet is blown later on in heaven, something happens immediately on the earth as a result. 
So the whole tribulation is the wrath of God. And so from Revelation 5 onwards, we're in the day of the Lord. We're in the time of his wrath, when the Lamb declares war on the world system, and he moves in judgment against it, and he continues to do that until he completes this work of judgment at his second coming. And then there is no more opportunity for people to repent. He does it in stages because he wants to save as many people as possible. As the judgments intensify, more will be saved. And then at the second coming, that the final opportunity for man to be saved is finished. As the Redeemer then opens the book with seven seals in heaven, he initiates all the tribulation judgments on the earth that are described in chapters 6 to 19. And that's why the whole tribulation, not just the second half or the last few months, is the time of divine judgment and wrath. By the end of the seven years, Jesus will have totally taken possession of the earth and evicted his enemies. He has the power to do it in a day, but he spreads it over those seven years to give ch a chance for as many people as possible to repent. So let's now look at Revelation chapter 6, the breaking of the seven seals in heaven. And these release all the judgments of the tribulation on the earth. As Christ forcefully takes possession of every part of the earth, every part of its world system. You see, the breaking of each seal releases him to immediately initiate corresponding judgments. As each seal is broken, part of the title deed is revealed, which confirms his authority over a different realm of the world system. So, having established his authority over that realm, he then immediately uses his authority to loose judgments on that realm. First, he pulls the plug on that realm by withdrawing his restraining grace, his sustaining grace. Just like a landlord evicting, and this is really what the first six seals tend to, uh, tend to be like. Let's say a landlord wanted to evict some illegal evil tenants from his property. Well, he might start by doing indirect judgments, like stopping the gas, stopping the electricity, stopping the water. Later, he also sends direct judgments, and that's like, which, like bombarding the earth. That's the, the seventh, seven trumpets, which is under the seventh seal. But the first six seals tends to be him removing his hand of blessing from the system, and without God's presence in these different areas, they, they will start falling apart. And that's how he starts to move. In Revelation 6, he opens the first six seals in quick succession, one after the other, right at the start of the tribulation, on the first day. And they initiate what Jesus called the beginning of birth pains on the earth. Uh, and they're just like birth pains because they start at once and then they continue to uh, intensify until the birth, the birth of the kingdom of God on earth at the end of the tribulation. So it's just like birth pains. Jesus said for, at the start of the tribulation, he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, that's world war. He said there'll be famines in various places, pestilences in various places, earthquakes in various places. So he's basically saying all these things will happen at once. They won't just be localized, but they'll be worldwide. All these things are the beginning of sorrows or birth pains. And so 
what happens under the six seals of Revelation 6 actually agree perfectly with Jesus' description of the birth pains in Matthew 24, verse 7 to 12, and, and pretty much in the same order. And so it's important to understand that the seals are not one-off events, not one-off judgments, but they are judgments on a specific realm. As God withdraws his grace, that specific realm starts falling apart. And the, the judgment on that realm continues and increases like birth pains in intensity throughout the whole tribulation until Christ's return. Just like birth pains, as I said, continue and in intensify until the birth. And so Jesus emphasized that truth when he said that the start of the tribulation is characterized by, as the beginning of birth pains, which tells us that these are not one-off events but will continue until the birth. Uh, and so they increase, start at the start of the tribulation and continue to their climax at the second coming. As each seal is open then, Christ reveals his dominion over a particular realm, showing what life is like without his mercy and grace. See, the world has been saying, oh, that he doesn't want God. So now he says, okay, have it your way. I will withdraw my presence. Now you'll see what it, life is like without me. As each seal is open, so that particular realm starts to unravel and descend into chaos increasingly as God withdraws his hand of blessing, of restraint, of protection. We've got no idea how much God sustains the world and protects it from the full chaotic effects of evil. But in the tribulation, mankind will find out as it gradually discovers the world falling apart without God's grace. You know, what is hell but the withdrawal of God's hand of blessing? And that's what makes it so terrible, because without God and his presence, it, it literally is hell. And so in the tribulation, it will become more and more as hell on the earth. We don't know how much we depend on God's presence. So with the opening of the seals, we now start into the events of the tribulation. Remembering that they're in chronological order. The, this chronological structure of Revelation is governed by the seven seals, then the seven trumpets, and then the seven bowls open in that order. That's the structuring God gives of it. And it's like the seven, like birth pains intensifying as we go from the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls. You see, the first six seals are opened one after the other, at the start of the tribulation and then there's a time delay and there's a heavenly interlude before the seventh seal and that is speaking of the fact that it's the, the seventh is an intensification going up a level from the first six and this intensification is because the seventh seal contains the seven trumpets and these seven trumpets are direct judgments from God not just God removing his hand but now God directly judging and then at the end of the uh, six trumpets, there's like a heavenly interlude before the seventh trumpet. Again, speaking of another escalation, the seventh trumpet then contains the seven final bowls of wrath, which culminate at the second coming of Christ. So the picture is a continual escalation as we go through the seals, the trumpets, the bowls. And again, it's to give people the maximum opportunity to repent. 
Now, in Revelation 6, the first six seals are opened, one after the other, on, at the start, at the first day of the tribulation. Each seal, when it's opened, then is followed by a vision, showing the consequences that unfold throughout the tribulation, uh, and intensifying, like birth pains. So each seal reveals judgments on a certain realm of the earth, that continue and intensify through the tribulation. They're not one-off judgments. That's important. This fact concerning the nature of the seals is generally not understood, and, and this is one major cause of many wrong interpretations of the time of, of Revelation. In particular, the sixth seal, when we get to it, people get confused over the time of the sixth seal and that causes confusion about the whole way Revelation is to be read. But let's go to the first seal. Uh, now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. The first realm is the political realm. And so as the first seal is broken, God's hand of restraint is removed and the rider on the white horse is re released. This is the Antichrist. He's released to conquer the world. And he continues in this activity of gaining dominion over the earth till the end of the tribulation. And that's when he'll be defeated by another rider on a white horse, Jesus Christ. That's Revelation 19. And, and so he's, he's a counterfeit Christ. He's the counterfeit rider on a white horse trying to conquer. He's the anti-Christ. And uh, this agrees with 2 Thessalonians 2, which says God is presently restraining the Antichrist through the church so that he cannot be manifested until his time. It says that the day of the Lord will begin with the departure of the church from the earth and then it will well, then what will follow is the revelation of the Antichrist. And this is his, the first step of revelation. Very quickly, after the rapture, the Antichrist will, 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 will shoot onto the scene and uh, suddenly become the man and uh, that people will look to. The rapture will cause quite a shock and uh, people will be looking for some kind of savior uh, out of that. So the first thing that must happen in the tribulation is the loosing of the Antichrist into prominence on the world stage. Soon after this, he reveals himself by making a treaty with Israel and his political activity and dominance continues and even becomes world ruler at mid-tribulation. That's the first seal. Second seal. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. This is the second horseman of the apocalypse. The second realm that we're talking about here, under the second seal, is the international realm. So as the second seal is broken, God removes his peace from the earth by releasing the rider on the red horse that symbolizes blood. The result is that the world is plunged into world war, worldwide conflict. Much of it triggered by the first rider, of course, the Antichrist. And this matches Jesus' description of the start of the tribulation. He says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. 
That's the beginning of birth pains. That's the second seal. Now the third seal. When he opened the third seal, I looked, and behold, a black horse. He who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Now the third realm is the financial realm. So when the third seal is broken, God's grace is removed from the financial systems, symbolized by the release of the black horse. And this results in worldwide famines. Again, just like Jesus said, which will continue throughout the tribulation. Famine usually follows war, so it makes sense that the world, a worldwide famine follows world war. Matthew 24, 7, Jesus said that. The next birth pain, he said, at the start of the tribulation after world war is worldwide famine. Famine in various places. And so this economic chaos will actually make the way for the mark of the beast at mid-tribulation. Now the fourth seal, the, four, the fourth horseman. <coughs> he opened, when he opened the fourth seal, I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed after him. And power was given to them over a quarter of the earth, to kill with sword, hunger, death, and by the beasts of the earth. The fourth realm is man's physical existence. And so the breaking of the fourth seal reveals a massive loss of life through the rider on this pale green horse. Even a quarter of the earth of the population will die through famine, war, disease carried by the beasts of the earth. That includes insects, bacteria, viruses. Such a loss of life in just a few years is on a far greater scale than than the world has ever seen, even in the world wars. Disease, again, follows famine and war. So again, it agrees, it makes sense, and it agrees with Matthew 24, 7. Jesus said that the next birth pain was pestilences in various places. That's what we have right here in the fourth seal. Now the fifth seal. It says, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, were completed. And so the fifth realm is the moral realm. And so therefore the, fifth, the breaking of the fifth seal represents God taking his hand, his restraining hand of man's morality as it were. And this reveals a great release of moral evil that will take place in the tribulation. And this will be manifested particularly in great persecution uh, and martyrdom of the saints, and attempted genocide of the Jewish people. Tremendous moral evil. And this is represented by the martyrs in heaven that John sees, even from the first half of the tribulation, because they're told to wait until their full number has been killed. So there's going to be many more in the second half of the tribulation. In fact, in Revelation 7, as we'll see uh, next time, there's a huge, a greater number of martyrs that come out from the Great Tribulation, that's the second half, because of the, the beast and the mark of the beast. And so this actually corresponds perfectly to the next birth pain 
in Matthew 24, uh, verse 9 to 12, Jesus said, lawlessness will abound. Many will be persecuted and killed for his sake. On a far greater scale even than, than what's happening right now. And so it's interesting that we see these martyrs in heaven. It proves that when Christians die or believers die, they go to heaven now. And they're, they're fully conscious, they're alive in heaven, but they are waiting for their vindication. They're waiting for the judgment to, to fall on those who are, have been exercising this evil. Now we go to the sixth seal. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of the heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? In other words, this is actually a vision of some of, it's so grand that this can only be a vision of what's about, of Christ is about to return. This is right at the end of the tribulation and Christ is about to return and the whole universe is now in, 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 in a cosmic uh, disruption and the, the sun turns to darkness, the moon to blood, uh, tremendous earthquakes and it says that now they're on the edge of the great day of his wrath. This doesn't mean that the wrath of God hasn't been going on all the time but now we're into the great day of his wrath. Now it's coming to its climax, otherwise known as the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's the day of his second coming, the great and awesome day of the Lord. There's the day of the Lord, it can, isn't seven years at least, but the great and awesome day of the Lord is the second coming, where God's wrath comes to its climax. Now it's interesting that this corresponds very closely to what happens under the seventh bowl just before the second coming, that's in Revelation 16. The sixth realm is the realm of nature. So as the sixth seal is broken, the result is earthquakes and convulsions of nature, signs in the heavens. This again is in Matthew 24, as earthquakes in various places. And signs from heaven, signs in the sun, moon and stars and on the earth, the sea and waves roaring. So as with all the seals, these disturbances of nature continue and intensify throughout the tribulation until they reach their climax at the second coming. So the nature and magnitude of the events described in these verses describe clearly the upheavals of nature at the end of the tribulation before the second coming. But didn't you say that these seals are opened at the start of the tribulation? How can we reconcile this? This timing's caused a lot of confusion, causing people to say that Revelation isn't chronological. And then they interpret it in different ways where, where they are bouncing back and forward in time. So, for example, if the sixth seal is near the end of the tribulation, then the rest of Revelation, the trumpets and bowls, must take place in a very short period of time, right at the end, or otherwise, maybe the sixth seal... After the sixth seal, the story has to go back in time to the start of the tribulation. And so this complicates the chronology of Revelation. 
But a natural reading of Revelation shows it is written in chronological order. The first six seals are opened soon after each other, right at the start of the tribulation. So, and the difficulty of understanding why Revelation 6, the sixth seal describes events just before the second coming, that difficulty disappears once we realize the nature of the seals. They are birth pains that continue through the tribulation to its end. So the sixth seal releases convulsions of nature early in the tribulation, which continue and increase in intensity until their climax at the end. So the time frame of the sixth seal, as with all the seals, is the whole tribulation. And it's understandable in this case that John would have chosen, or God chose, to reveal the ultimate manifestation at the climax, to show us what happens under this seal, the effects of breaking this seal. And so understanding the nature of the seals explains why these verses seem to be out of place chronologically. So the key is to understand the nature of the seals. They're not one-off events. They describe God's judgment on different realms of the realm, of the, of the world. And the sixth seal, although it's opened at the start, its judgments continue until they climax at the second coming, and that's what's revealed in these verses. That solves the chrono chronological issue. In Revelation 7, we see that although the six seals are broken in quick succession, there's a delay, possibly of months, before the seventh seal is opened in Revelation 8.1. Revelation 7 describes what happens at this time, and that's what we'll be looking at next time. Why is there this gap before the seventh seal is opened in Revelation 8.1. When the seventh seal is opened, there is silence in heaven for a half an hour, which means there's going to be an escalation. And then he says, I saw the seven angels who stand before God. To them were given the seven trumpets. And so the seventh seal contains the seven trumpets. Next time we're going to see what, what's special about this seventh seal and what God does in the interlude before the seventh seal is opened. That will be Revelation 7. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. If you're enjoying our programs on the book of Revelation, you may well want to get into it in more depth. And so I've actually got a CD series where I taught this in, in great depth. Seven or eight CDs in each box. Book of Revelation Part 1, Book of Revelation Part 2, Book of Revelation Part 3. We go through the whole book of Revelation. And uh, you will, uh, this will take you verse by verse through the book. And you, you will get great benefit from understanding the times we're living in and what is going to happen soon. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.